Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 285 with Chase Diamond of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Go, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. What's going on, Founder Fam? Hope you're having a great day wherever you are around the world. Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine, and I hope you're enjoying this podcast. Um, We've got an incredible, incredible guest. His name's Chase Diamond, and he's the founder and partner of a company called Boundless Labs, where they're an email marketing growth-focused agency specializing in e-commerce. So we're interviewing another one of our new course instructors, Chase Diamond, and he's one of our instructors for a new course we're launching called E-Commerce Masters. And Chase really is a master when it comes to email marketing. Like I really, really got him to just spill it all out for you guys. And this doesn't just apply for e-commerce, but any kind of email marketing strategy that you have. Um, Like we go through all the different campaigns that you need to be thinking about how Chase achieves like a 40 to 70% open rate on customer thank you emails, the importance of human touch, um, like how you can use email marketing as a strong source of revenue. I guarantee after this interview, you will be inspired on how you can use email marketing to really, really increase your sales if you're not doing it right now. So if you enjoyed this interview with Chase, and you do have an e-commerce business and you want to grow it, you're perhaps making 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, 30 grand a month, even like five grand a month. 
Um, we've designed this incredible course called e-commerce masters and we've found the top like guys out there guys and girls out there to teach the five core drivers to double or triple your revenue and one of them is email marketing so if you want to find out more about this course it is launching soon and we do have early bird specials so make sure you get on the wait list it's launching very very soon go and sign up to founder.com forward slash e-commerce masters that's founder.com forward slash e-commerce masters. You don't want to miss out on this course. We're really excited about it. All right, guys, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. The first question I ask everyone that comes on is, uh, how'd you get your job? Yeah, I love that question. So I, I want to quickly start with what my job is and kind of work backwards. So right now I run an email marketing agency for e-commerce brands. Um, and that wasn't always the case. So a couple years back, I worked for two or three different companies. And as I left each company that I worked for, um, I kind of kept them as a client. So whether it was them directly paying me kind of part time while I had a new full time job to work for them or other employees that were at those companies that I worked at, they would make introductions for me to their friends and their families um, for clients that they thought I'd be a great fit for. So as I went from one job to another job, I kind of picked up a client as I left just by leaving kind of on great terms. And over the course of a few years, I had enough clients where it made a lot more sense for me to be full-time for myself versus full-time kind of in-house or someone else. So I guess you could kind of say like it all happened pretty organically where it just made a lot of sense and I really loved what I was doing and kind of having that freedom and flexibility to build my own dream was what I always wanted to do. Yeah, amazing. So um, tell me about your agency and the clients you work with. You specialize in e-com, right? Yep. So we do specifically email marketing for e-commerce brands. Um, historically, we've worked with media and SaaS, but e-commerce really is where we specialize. So today we work with about 30 different clients and we launched about a year and a half ago. So we've done about $20 million in email triple revenue over the past year and a half. Um, and the brands that we work with range from about six figures to kind of eight figures in annual revenue. And email typically accounts for about 20 to 30 percent of that total revenue. Interesting. Um, so just off the bat, um, we asked you to teach a module of a new course that we're launching called e-commerce masters. And, uh, yeah, um, we were introduced by Greta and, uh, you have, uh, done some work with Greta and, uh, she, she said, yeah, Chase is like the go-to when it comes to email marketing, especially for e-com, you guys have got to, you know, shoot that shoot that module with him because it's one of the like it's a core driver for building a successful e-commerce business now i like don't know that much around e-com but i know a little bit uh because um uh my girlfriend runs a runs a water bottle uh company and uh which i helped her start and, and helped her grow it and i'm going to ask questions where i'm asking on behalf of her in the sense that you know, her, her, her business is, is doing okay. Um, it's, it's, you know, in the model six figures, uh, wanting to get to seven. So when it comes to email, if you're in that position, you should be aiming to have at least 20 to 30% of your revenue from email. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the, the average and kind of the norm. That being said, we do have a lot of clients that are hitting 35, 40, even some clients are doing 50%. So I think 20 to 30% is kind of the first goal. And that's really 
where you should strive to be. I, I would say most clients that we start with kind of are in like the 5, 10, maybe if they're lucky, kind of 15% range. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just because they haven't dedicated themselves to email. Email is one of those things that's kind of forgotten about. It's not as sexy as paid acquisition. Um, not as many people want to invest into it like they do want to invest into influencer marketing. So I think it's something that just gets forgotten about. And that's really kind of why and how we came to exist is we we love email. We're great at email. Um, and we just saw companies were not investing into it because either A, they didn't know how or B, they didn't know the value. So that's kind of why and, and where we jumped in. Yeah. And I look, it's funny. People talk about messenger bots, all these other things. Um, we haven't really touched that that much at Founder. We have seen some early success. Uh, but for us still, email day in, day out is insanely powerful and yeah, I agree with you. It is something that is often forgot about, but I believe is such a strong lever to pull, even if you don't have an e-commerce business, any kind of business. And I'm excited. Like, I'm so excited. The course is almost ready. I can't wait to get my girlfriend to go through all the different modules in the course, but in particular, your one, because I know there's just so many plug and play templates you give and all this crazy stuff. So talk me through the process. If you've got a client um, that you know comes to you they're doing multiple six figures. What do they need to, what do you need them? Like, what do you need to do? Like, what, what's the first step? Like, what, like break down the campaigns for me, man. What are the key kind of campaigns that are the lowest hanging fruit to start with? Yeah. So there's two buckets that I want to dive into. Um, one is campaigns. And just to clarify on campaigns, those are like the manual kind of broadcasts that we send, right? So yeah. whether it was Black Friday or Cyber Monday, yep. those are kind of the campaigns that we put together. And then on the other end, what I want to talk about is what we call flows or email automation. And those are all based off of a trigger or an action that someone takes. So um, if someone enters their email into a pop-up on your website, that will then trigger a welcome series, right? So someone should receive four or five emails over the course of the first week and a half or two weeks. Um, if someone's on your list and they add something to their cart and then they leave before starting their checkout, that will then fire an abandoned cart. So those two kind of buckets are really where we focus a lot of time and attention. So to talk about the first campaigns, um, for most clients, we're sending weekly, if not even sometimes two or three times a week. And the contents that we're covering there is everything from, uh, you know, new product launches to special offers, you know, holidays, um, partnerships, anytime they've been featured in a press outlet, um, you know, different types of content, right? So, for example, we work with a, a men's kind of beard care company, and we send a lot of content around like how to care for your beard how to grow your beard. So really making sure that you're storytelling as well as selling and kind of mixing it up. So that's kind of the campaign side. And the way that you figure out how often you should or shouldn't be sending is you want to send enough that way you're not leaving money on the table, but you don't want to send too much that people are marketing as spam, they're unsubscribing, and you're getting customer complaints about sending too much email. And the only way that you can know is by starting with one email a week and then trying two emails a week then trying three emails a week and trying to find that equilibrium between enough revenue and not ca causing kind of chaos with your audience. Yeah. How do you know if you're causing chaos with your audience? So the best way that you know is um, regardless of the system that you're using, you'll be able to see open rates, click-through rates, mark to spam and unsubscribe. And on top of those, just kind of monitoring customer complaints via email or however they're reaching out. So you have to look at those numbers, right? So if your unsubscribe rate is increasing, if your market spam rate is increasing, and if your number of emails coming in saying, hey, you're sending me way too much is increasing, then you know you need to tone it back. 
Mm, interesting. So what are your thoughts on like a daily, daily email? Like if you like, let's just say like uh, the the company that um, Emily runs is called Healthish. Like if she started just doing the Healthish daily and it's just like, it's a water bottle and it's like, you know, tips on, you know, um, you know, living a health, healthy lifestyle and, and keeping you, you know, like uh, hydrated, et cetera, et cetera. What, like daily is too much in, in this instance or? In, in most of the brands that we work with and including that one, I think daily is a little bit excessive. Um, that, that being said, like I, what I would recommend is if, if someone wants to send daily, I would start what we call kind of like a preferences um, section where people can basically say to you, hey, I want to receive emails daily. I want to receive emails weekly. I want to receive emails monthly. So that way, if you do want to send daily, you're, you're most likely just hitting the people that have opted in to receive that kind of constant messaging. Because for most people, I think that would drive them nuts. That, that, <laughs> that being said, we do have some businesses, right? So if they're um, you know, a recipe company that sells ingredients and, they, and people want like a daily recipe, I think things like that are okay. I think content emails and certain things are okay. But for most e-commerce brands, to be able to send a daily email and not have every email be about selling, is, it's pretty hard. But what about Amazon, man? How do they get away with that? Yeah, I think Amazon's probably a rare example, right? Where people purchase their all different kinds of options. They have everything under the sun, right? Where I think with a water bottle company, um, there's only so many emails that you can receive from them. But I think to your point, um, Amazon's probably the exception. Yeah, okay, awesome. So, all right, so you need to establish frequency and then you need to establish, is it like your content calendar for the whole year on special promotions? So typically we're looking at it on a monthly basis since so many things are changing. It almost feels like every day, but on a weekly basis, things are changing. So we prefer to, to look at things at a monthly basis. So in the beginning of every month, we'll sit with a client and say, here are the big things that I think we should, should run through. So for example, um, November, which we just got through, um, that was obviously the exception with people sending daily emails because of Black Friday coming early. It's Black Friday reminder. It's actually Black Friday. You know, it's Cyber Monday. So we'll kind of work with the client and say, these are the must-have emails that we think you need. And then work with us and tell us what product launches do you have? Uh, you know, are you partnering with any celebrities or influencers? Do you guys have any new blog posts? So we work with them and we kind of structure out about two campaigns a week. And then if we feel like we could add more, we'll kind of fill in those gaps. Yeah, interesting. So um, when it came to Black Friday, like let's talk about that particular campaign. One thing I noticed uh, this year, and it depends when you're listening to this, we're referencing in 2019, there was a lot of people starting early, like in the first, like, 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 like at least a week before Black Friday, Cyber Monday had even started. It was crazy. Like, do you believe you should start earlier or, or what? Yeah, I really do believe you have to start earlier. On actual Black Friday and Cyber Monday, your inboxes are so flooded that if you start early and you end late, um, that's when there's less noise, right? So with almost every single one of our clients, we did launch, you know, a week early. We launched right around like that Monday or the Tuesday um, of the Black Friday week. And we kept it going to like that Tuesday or Wednesday right after Cyber Monday. So it went pretty much from like, you know, four or five days early to two or three days after Cyber Monday. And I, I want to say like a lot of our revenue actually came prior to Black Friday. Once you kind of get to Black Friday and Cyber Monday, um, it's really a hit or miss. If everyone else is sending campaigns and emails and people have spent their money ahead of time, 
um, it, it's tough. So I, I, I was all for and we went really hard uh, in advance. Yeah, interesting. So did you actually saw that across the board? Like earlier was better. Yeah, early earlier was a lot a lot better. And and even if you wanted to go early, not with sales, going early with a heads up of what's coming for Black Friday and Cyber Monday would work. So with some clients, they felt uncomfortable and were a little bit wary sending deals for so many days that they basically just said to us, like, hey, you could send emails a few days in advance, but we want to just focus on setting the expectation of what's to come. Um, so that's another way to go around it. And, and both those work pretty well. Interesting. So what other campaigns should people be thinking about if you do on a month-to-month basis? Yeah, so on a month-to-month basis, um, again, like the, the big ones, and hopefully there's relevance. Hopefully you're not just sending a holiday email to send a holiday email. But typically, that's one that we look at. That's pretty low-hanging fruit. Um, people know that emails are likely coming on those days. So there's kind of that expectation um, and kind of that permission, for lack of a better word. Um, again, other emails would be things like if you have a really great blog post on, you know, how to take care of your water bottle or, you know, why you should be drinking more water, right? What's the benefits of being hydrated versus dehydrated in the case, you know, of your girlfriend's business? Um, so con- content emails is huge. Um, a lot of companies are sending giveaway emails. So they're partnering either with other brands or they're running their own giveaway where someone can win, you know, a $100 gift card to their store. They could win, you know, a host of different prizes and packages from them and six other brands. Um, again, a lot, of, a lot of times people are launching new products. Um, and, and this time of year, we'll send like a gifting email. So with, with Christmas coming up, we'll send people an email saying, hey, we know Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you probably purchased a lot for yourself. Now's the time to start focusing on your mom, your dad, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Um, so we'll, we'll also so do things smart. like that. Yeah. Yeah, got you. Interesting. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no worries. And then a few other emails that we're doing. So like a gifting email is a really big one for the, the Christmas time. Another really big one that we're doing across all of our clients is in, in related to gifting is basically here's the last day that you have to order um, your product by to make sure it is guaranteed delivery for Christmas. So the gifting guide and kind of the last delivery dates have been big ones where you're, you're kind of stressing that urgency. You're basically saying to people, if you don't ship today, if you don't order it today, you're not going to receive it in time. So people are making more purchases because of that. Um, so that's another big one, at least for this time that we're working on. And we use like countdown timers. You know, we're using like a calendar that shows like the dates. That's kind of like a GIF and things are moving. So we're making these really kind of fun and interactive and stand out. Yeah, well, that's, that's so smart. I, I love, sorry to interrupt you before, I love that gifting idea. Um, very, very smart. Just, just relevancy. I think that's a, that's a key thing, right? With all these campaigns, why is it relevant? Exactly. And, and what we say, so everyone says, right, the, the right email at the right time to the right person. The only other thing I would add to that is also the right design. That's something that we really were focused on in 2019 that I think really set us apart and really led to a lot of our client retention was just the design element, right? So it's one thing to hit the person at the right time with the right content you know, in the right email, um, but also having the right design. I think that was a, a really big thing for 2019 that allowed us to send more emails because the cons- customers really liked receiving them. They were really interactive. They were really engaging. So I think that's one thing I would add. Yeah. Talk to me about the right design. Like what are the key elements people need there? So I believe email is just an extension of your website um, as is social. So you really do need to have kind of a cohesive and coherent 
plan and, and identity and brand. So your, your website shouldn't look great and then your email should look kind of poor. Everything needs to look kind of top notch. Um, I think Greta is a great example, right? Everything she, she does and she touches looks amazing, right? And that's so important to communicating trust with your audience. Um, so I think for one, if, if a company has a really great website, modeling the email so that they're similar enough but not the exact same is really key. Um, and if their emails and their websites aren't great, what we basically do is we say to them, give us three brands that are kind of your aspirational brands. So some people say, you know, Casper, right? Some people say Away. Some people say Movement. And we'll basically kind of take those two or three different brands that people love and we'll try to make them as similar as we can to their own brand. So that way it's different from Movement. It's different from Casper, um, but it's similar to the brand, but keeping those styles in mind. So that's kind of the process that we go through is identifying people's ideal brands and, and finding a way to tie that into what they're currently doing. Yeah, that's that's so cool. I love it. So for e-com, no, no plain text. There, there actually is a time and a place with plain text, but, but seldomly. So for example, one of the email automations that we send is what's called the Sunset Unengaged Subscribers. And that's basically a fancy way for saying it's a breakup series. So if someone's been on your list for four or five months and they haven't opened, they haven't clicked, they haven't purchased, um, they're actually hurting you more than they're helping you. They're adding no value and they're actually subtracting value by being someone that is not engaging. So what we'll actually do in that case is we'll split test. And by, by split test, I just mean we'll have a version A and a version B. One version will be a plain text email. It's coming from the founder. So Nathan, if, if you know founder was doing this breakup series, it would say like, you know, from Nathan, like, hey, Chase, you know, it looks like you haven't engaged with us in quite a while. You know, that's probably our bad. Maybe you had different expectations or maybe you're just busy. If you want to keep hearing from us, you know, click here to say subscribe, subscribe. And if not, you know, we'll stop sending you emails. So that's a really great use case to send a plain text email. That being said, we always do test it with kind of a branded version just to see which one performs better. Mm, and which usually does. It, it really is kind of a toss-up, right? So the, the plain text version feels very personal. Um, that being said, over the years, people have gotten a lot smarter. Consumers have gotten a lot smarter to knowing that that actually is an automated email. So I want to say like, you know, two or three years ago when we first sended, started sending these types of emails, they performed a lot better than kind of like the pretty looking HTML. And now it's kind of a, a toss-up. Depending on the brand, depending on their branding, depending on how often they communicate with people, how involved the founder is or isn't, there's so many different variables that will cause it to sway towards one or the other. So like for you, Nathan, you're very, very center at the whole founder brand. If an email came from you that was plain text, that would feel probably pretty personal. Whereas, you know, if someone else on your team sent an email that was plain text that was kind of behind the scenes, that might not do as well as a really nice looking email because they don't know who that person is. Mm, interesting. Okay, so talk to me around list building like when you work like uh when you're working on these campaigns for all the different clients you're working with am i going to should i assume that you're only speaking with customers uh that have previously bought or a lot of like e-commerce companies don't tend to really do list building that much right so um to some to some degree that's true and to some degrees that's that's a little bit different so um so list building for e-commerce typically revolves around people driving traffic to the site and us leveraging um, pop-ups, flyouts, embedded 
subscription forms to collect you know emails onto that traffic. Um, so that's one really big way that we kind of build the list, right? Is we capitalize on the traffic already hitting the site, and we get them to engage with these forms. Um, in, in addition to that, we do do a lot of kind of ambassador programs and referral marketing with the subscribers, where we're incentivizing them to share with their friends. Um, it's kind of the whole give to get model. So Nathan, for your your girlfriend's company, right? You could send me um, a discount code that says, "Hey Chase, uh, here's 10% off," you know, on this store. And by you telling me about your experience there, and you know, maybe you send me a picture, you you just show me that you've been a customer there. Um, that kind of is like, all right, maybe I'm in the market for a bottle, and then I have a 10% off discount code. I'm more inclined to purchase. So it's kind of the whole word of mouth referrals to help drive e-commerce sales. Um, so so I think those are kind of two big ones. Um, another big one, this one's kind of a hit or miss depending on the average price point of your products. The more expensive your products, the less successful this is. Um, but doing things like giveaways, uh, whether you're running your own giveaway or you're partnering with another brand, um, those those can be successful. It just depends. But those typically are the three things. Again, it's um, leveraging email forms to collect the subscriber info. It's doing referral marketing and it's running giveaways. Those are typically the three ways that we at least have control over acquiring more leads. Yeah, I see. And generally when you're working with clients, are you speaking to people differently if they haven't bought versus they have? Yes and no. Um, so in, in campaigns, it really just depends on what we're sending. Like if it's a, if it's a black Friday sale, we're sending that same messaging to every single person. Um, but then on the automation side, uh, a kind of a first time subscriber will receive a different welcome series than um, kind of someone that's purchased. Uh, so on the automation side, there's definitely a lot of speaking to people depending on where they are in their, in their kind of lifestyle and their kind of customer journey. Um, and even kind of on the post-purchase side, we'll send a customer thank you. Um, one that's for a first-time buyer, and then another that's for a, a repeat buyer. So the first-time buyer is really kind of just expressing like who we are and why this means so much to us and really saying thank you. And then the, the repeat buyer is pretty much saying those same things but not explaining everything from the start, right? Because they've already gotten that first message. So we're, we're definitely doing a combination of the two. It's just very situational. Yeah, interesting. Um, love to switch gears and talk about kind of automations and flows. Uh, before we jump in though, if you've got an e-com business, you recommend Clavio, right? Or Clavio? I don't know how to say it either. Clavio, Clavio, <laughs> I, I kind of switch it up. But for me personally, that's my favorite. Um, so we're working with about 30 clients right now, and every single one was already on Klaviyo, or we migrated them from another platform to Klaviyo. Um, so yeah, I, I do personally recommend it. Yeah, and yeah, look, that seems to be the go-to now. I, I, they come they come around pretty fast. Like uh, everyone was on Mailchimp, now everyone seems to be on Klaviyo. Um, Klaviyo, uh, yeah, it seems only only the past couple of years people have really Nikon moved to that, which is interesting. Um, so talk to me, like, I, I, I know like we, you go through all the different flows and template and you got to give all the plug and play templates and everything in the, in, in the module for the e-commerce masters course with Greta and Chase and all these other incredible founders on particular topic on, you know, mastering the particular topic. But, um, let's talk about a few like flows that people need to have in their business. Um, maybe start with abandoned cart. Is that probably one of the first low hanging fruit? 
Yeah, so there's about nine or ten uh, or, or even more, actually, that we'll be going through in that course, which I'm excited about. But I think there's three absolutely core, one, core ones that you have to start with. Um, so in, in, in no particular order, it's the, the welcome series for uh, first-time subscribers. So basically people are entering their email on a pop-up and they're expecting to receive a discount and they're expecting to receive information about who you are. So again, that's typically you know four or five emails over the course of the first week and a half or two weeks um, that goes through who you are, why you matter, how you're different, maybe some bestsellers, uh, leveraging some social proof. So you know if you have tons of customer reviews that are five stars, throw that in there. If you've been featured on tons of press outlets, throw that in there. Um, any, anything that you could do, the better, right? If you have a really strong social following, throw that in there. Because again, everyone has come to your website from a different source. So the more that you can get everyone up to speed and give everyone the same info, that's going to set up everything else you do later. So the welcome series is one of the three kind of must-have flows I think you have to do. Um, the next one, like you mentioned, is the the abandoned cart. Um, and everyone calls it the abandoned cart. Um, I actually call it the abandoned checkout. And, and I'll kind of explain the difference between the abandoned cart and the abandoned checkout in, in one minute. But the abandoned checkout is a flow that you must have, right? So these are people that are furthest down the funnel and most likely to convert. And the reason that they're not converting could be things like, you know, they're just waiting because they want a discount email. Um, maybe that they didn't get free shipping. Maybe they got busy and they got distracted, right? There's a ton of different things that happen. But the reason that people made it that far is because there's some level of interest and intent. And by having these abandoned checkout emails, um, you're likely to recover a lot of revenue. So I would recommend for sure at least starting with two or three different emails. And, you know, email one typically is sent after a couple hours. So, you know, anywhere from like an hour to four hours later, you know, email two um, and email two and three are only sent to people if they have not placed an order after that first email. So, you know, email two, you typically kind of send a reminder and a follow up about a day later. And again, if someone purchases after that email, you're not going to send them the third email. Um, so the abandoned checkout's a big one um, and kind of to differentiate between the two. So speaking about Clavio in particular, uh, by default, they allow you to do an abandoned checkout email. Um, if you connect your Shopify store or whatever site you're on, um, the abandoned cart, you actually have to, you know, add a snippet of code to your website that will then enable it. Um, and basically abandoned to cart is taking the metric of someone adds something to their cart, but they do not start a checkout. If they start a checkout, they will get skipped from the abandoned cart and instead receive the abandoned checkout, right? Because you want to prioritize the emails where people are most engaged. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Cool. And then the last email that you have to have, and again, obviously there's tons of others, but just to kind of keep it concise is the customer thank you. I strongly believe that if someone purchases from you, you have to say thank you. You have to show them that you genuinely appreciate it and it means a lot to you. Um, that will help increase um, repeat purchase. That will help increase word of mouth. That will reduce buyer's remorse. So um, a customer thank you. And typically, again, I mentioned this before, we split it by a, a first-time buyer versus a repeat buyer. I think those are the three flows that you absolutely have to have. And then there's tons of others. Yeah, I'd love to talk about this customer thank you one because that's really interesting. So someone buys the water bottle, what do you yep. say? So again, uh, to your question earlier about plain text, this is another great use case of where you can use plain text. And again, I always recommend A-B testing this as mentioned versus a version that looks really nice. But this is a really great chance for you as a founder or you as a founding team or you as a company to really just reach out and say thank you. So 
Um, Nathan, if you bought from the water bottle company um, a day after your purchase, you know, because the first day, right, Shopify or whatever platform you're using is going to automatically send out like an order confirmation. So we don't want to send them too many emails all at once. So typically we trigger a customer thank you one day after someone purchases. And we just say like, hey, Nathan, you know, first off, wanted to thank you so much for your purchase from us yesterday. You know, it means a lot to us. And if there's any really kind of strong mission or impact, right? So if your girlfriend built that business and she donates a, a portion of her proceeds to some charity or some foundation, that's a really important thing to talk about. Um, or, or again, like, you know, maybe you give a couple tips in the email of like how people can use the product and how they can stay more hydrated. But the key is really around thanking people and you can kind of keep it short and sweet. One thing we always do in the plain text version is we just add in like a, a, sig- a signature of the founder. That's typically just like an image that we create that we throw in at the bottom is just the signature. So, you know, Nathan Chan would have your nice signature at the bottom. It kind of just looks professional and it also, you know, feels important. Yeah. And do you use that opportunity to sell more product? So in that particular email and the customer, thank you. We really just want to be altruistic and genuine about like, this means the world to us. Thank you so much. Um, Sometimes we'll ask them to follow us on social in that email, but that's like the one email post-purchase that we typically don't try to sell. Um, We do have follow-up emails where if someone has a product that's kind of confusing or complicated or needs additional info, we'll say, you know, after that, thank you, we'll say, here's how you use our product. So for example, we're working with a lot of CBD brands. So in the next email after we'll say, hey, while your product's shipping, here's how we recommend you use these CBD products. Um, You know, we recommend you take it every single morning, uh, you know, add it to your coffee, you know, add it underneath your tongue. You know, this should last you about three weeks. And that email really is setting up kind of a replenishment email, which allows us to sell people a consumable product that they'll go through, you know, every couple weeks or every couple months. So I think that email is important. And in that email, I think we, we, that, that email makes more sense to start selling in. Mm, I see. So you have seen, um, you have seen really positive results if you send a thank you email to people and then add them to a flow versus not sending a thank you email and then adding them to the to a flow. You've seen positive results generally that that in, like it just it just builds a stronger relationship with the customer, and in yes. turn yields a positive uh, higher ROI or, or increases LTV effectively. Yeah, that's correct. Like that email, those customer thank you emails, like the open rates are, you know, 40, 50, 60, sometimes even 70%, right? So they're very high opened and inherently people, right, are expecting a ton of information about like, you know, when they're going to get their product. So those few kind of days after someone purchases, you have their attention the most. So to be able to kind of be in their brain and, and then remember, you know, subconsciously or consciously later that you were really thankful and appreciative um, goes a long way. Obviously, right, the product has to deliver all the things you promised. The product has to be superior or good enough. Um, but yeah, those a great product plus being very thankful has really led to strong repeat purchase. Mm, interesting. And when it comes to opens and clicks, what are you like happy with? Because I know that's a big thing that that – has made, you know, obviously ManyChat a very, very big business and this Facebook Messenger bot stuff very, very, you know, the new hot thing. What, what, what is acceptable to you? Yeah, and this obviously sways a little bit different by the brand and by the industry. So um, in, in the course, there's a, a basically a, a sheet that I'm going to provide 
that shows you kind of the the different ranges, right? So if you're under 10% open rate, you're probably in trouble, right? There might be a deliverability issue. Uh, maybe you're just batching and blasting and sending to everyone versus um, just people that are engaged. So typically to answer that question, if I had to generalize it, you know, north of about 20% open rates, we're pretty happy with. Um, again, like obviously 30, 40% is, is great. And some of our clients are consistently hitting 30, 40, 50% open rate on tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of sends. But if I had to generalize kind of the average across our 30 clients, I would say most people probably are in the ballpark of about a 20 to 25% open rate. Yeah, I see. And do you think it matters or differs uh, the the bigger the amount of customers or bigger the amount of people on that email list? Like versus if you have, for example, uh, 50,000 people um, or that, that you are on your customer email list or, or just email list in general versus 500,000 typically is, is always the law of averages. The, you know, is the email open rate going to be the same? So if we're comparing apples to apples and the two companies are, are basically sending to their engaged folks, um, I, I don't know that the, the list size actually has a huge impact on it. Um, so for example, like if, if, kind of the most aggressive engaged audience that we send to um, is kind of a 30-day engage. So if people have opened in the last 30 days, if people have placed an order in the last 30 days, or if people have joined our list kind of in the past two weeks, if we hit that audience, whether it's 50,000 or 500,000, um, with, within kind of give or take a, a few percentage points, um, we should see that perform the same. The problem gets to be when people are sending to 50,000 versus 500,000 and they're not doing kind of any list segmentation, if they're just sending to everyone, typically the smaller list sending to everyone will open a little bit better than sending kind of to the larger list, just sending to everyone. And again, just based off of the volume, right? If you're sending 500,000 emails and you're not doing any kind of list segmentation and following best practices, um, that's probably going to set off a little bit more tripwires than I would if you're sending a smaller amount. But again, like we, we're so focused on sending to engaged folks. Um, typically, 30 days or 60 days is preferred. If a list is super engaged, we'll kind of expand that out to like 90, 90 days. Um, and that's really the best practice. That will help help you have a really healthy list and really strong deliverability. Interesting. And clicks, what are your expectations, standards? What are you looking for? Yeah, so clicks vary from the content. So um, this was an email we sent yesterday for one of those beard care companies that we sent to. Um, one of their blog posts that we sent out yesterday I think it had like a 25% open rate and like a three and a half or a 4% click through. Whereas an email we sent on Black Friday had like an 18% open rate and like a 2% click through, right? Um, so I think the right content that's really engaging um, should have a really good deal, a really good click through or a really good deal will drive a really great click through. Um, but most people I think on the click through side, probably realistically around like half a percent to like 1.5%. So if we could get a couple points, if we could get three to five percent click-throughs, I think that's pretty successful. Okay, awesome. And what about, I guess, uh, when it comes to flows, how many flows or automation campaigns do you put on the back of each other, and how? And do you, if somebody's in a flow? do you still send them a campaign? Like, for example, let's just say somebody becomes a customer uh, before Black Friday, like a couple of weeks. Um, could, is it okay if they have, like, multiple back-on-back campaign, uh, multiple back-on-back flows, 
and then get get the Black Friday campaign or yeah, because that's something that people can fall into. Absolutely. And, and one thing I thought of that I wanted to mention quickly before answering that question is uh, the open rates for flows and campaigns are obviously going to differ too. Typically for flows, you're seeing a higher open rate because again, it's based off of a trigger and action. So if someone gets an abandoned cart email, they're probably going to open that email twice as much as they would just some random campaign that they didn't really request, right? Because again, like the way that I explain it is a campaign is us telling our audience that they need to know about this. Whereas a flow is our audience telling us that they need to receive this email. So that's kind of the differentiation in kind of a layman's term of how I explain it to clients. Obviously, right, there's some holes that you could poke at in both those. But typically flow emails that we're seeing performing twice as well as campaigns just based off of it being so relevant. Um, and then so to answer the question that you asked, and, and the question again was, if someone's in a few flows, if they're post-purchase and they're receiving emails here, do you or do you not send them a campaign email? Um, and the answer is that it depends. So typically one of the filters that we have in our segments for sending a campaign is that someone has not ordered you know, in the past five days or, or seven days, depending on the, the company and the product. So we're kind of ruling out people that have purchased most recently. So that way, say we send a sale email today and someone bought something full price three or five days ago, we don't want them to then return or cancel their order and then try to get the same thing with a 20% discount code because that's the sale that they got. So typically we're excluding the most recent buyers from the campaigns. Um, and then also in Klaviyo, they have this thing which is called smart sending. Um, and it's a filter that you can turn on to the flow emails as well as the campaign emails that will prohibit people from receiving an email over whatever window of time that they last received it. So by default, uh, Klaviyo I think sets it at 16 hours, but you can kind of change it from 16 hours to 24 hours or whatever else you wanna do. I probably wouldn't do it any further than 24 hours, but let's use 24 hours as the example. So say Nathan, you purchased from the water bottle company um, today and you got an email. If we were sending a campaign and today as well, and we had smart sending on, you would get sm skipped from the smart sending because you had recently received an email. And also you probably would have got skipped anyways because we would have had the filter on the flow saying has placed an order zero times over the last five days. Yeah, I see. Interesting. That's really, really cool. So um, one other thing I'd love to talk to you about is what else besides campaigns and flows do people need to be thinking about? So, yeah, it's a great question. There's a couple of really cool things that we're leveraging on the email kind of pop-up or fly-out side um, that not a lot of customers have ever thought about or done. And I haven't seen this happen with a whole lot of other companies. And to give you an example, so there, there's multiple ways that you could do it. So, for example, um, Nathan, you purchased from us today. I could show just the people that have purchased from us you know, recently a pop-up on the site or a a flyout on the site. And by the way, a pop-up is something, you know, that obviously that pops up and kind of takes over part of the screen or all of the screen. And I keep saying flyout, but basically that's something that kind of just like sneaks out from like the side. It's very non-obtrusive and it shows you like a message, right? So I'm sure everyone's seen those two, but I kind of wanted to clarify that. But um, one thing that you could do, right, is for people that have just purchased, you could show them like a pop-up or a flyout on the site that just says like, hey, thank you so much for your recent purchase, right? Um, so you could use pop-ups and forms on your site to communicate messages or let people know about sales that are in different segments. So um, with a pop-up, for example, on your website, typically we're just showing that to people that have not been on your list and are new kind of visitors. Um, and we want them to obviously to enter our site. 
But we're also now starting to use pop-ups and flyouts for customers for different things. So Clavio has this thing called predictive analytics where they think um, they know when someone's going to purchase next. So we just started creating these forms that basically show to people in this bucket um, and we start sending them discounts. So, you know, Nathan, you go on the water bottle site, Clavio says that you're most likely about to purchase again in the next two weeks based off their algorithm. We're going to show you something the next time you come on the website that says, hey, Nathan, we have a special offer for you. Use this code at checkout for 15% off. So again, it's it's not an email. Um, it's not a push notification. It's not an SMS, but it's kind of just a way for us to communicate directly um, with new content to people already on our list that are visiting our website. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like remarketing in a way, but yes. just email. Yes, exactly. So you're leveraging the people that are visiting your site with forms um, outside just the traditional pop-up for a first-time uh, subscriber. So we're basically having many billboards on the site where we're communicating to all these different audiences about things going on. Yeah, wow. That's next level. That's probably one of the things I'm most excited about. So one of the brands we work with is called The Chive, and they have this e-commerce business, which is an eight-figure business called The Chivery. Um, and today we basically just set up this form that gives people 15% off. That's in that segment. So I think that segment had like 15 or 20,000 people that Clavio predicts is most likely going to purchase over the next two weeks. So we got that live today. It's a 15% off discount code that only those people are going to see. Um, and, and then another way that we're using that is kind of like a, a welcome back type thing. So inherently in every list, there's a churn, right? You know, I, I think I read a stat once that 20 or 25% of your list every year churns. Um, so what we're basically doing is we're taking this people that have churned and we are trying to get them through Facebook ads and targeting them kind of as a, a segment to come to the website and showing them specific offers and ads to get them to kind of re-opt in um, to our website. And then we're triggering a specific kind of welcome back email flow for that type of thing. So there's a lot of really cool use cases that we've been exploring over the past few months. Yeah, wow. That's really, really next level. Um, yeah, we use Marrow. I uh, wonder if we can do that for Founder. That's next level. Yeah, I'm happy to chat with you offline to see if we could kind of come up with some strategies for you there. Yeah, yeah, that's next level. That's crazy. Well, look, um, dude, I could talk to you all day. This has been like <laughs> such a valuable uh, conversation. A um, couple last questions and work towards wrapping up. Um, what can people expect from your module of uh, this course, uh, the e-commerce master's course that uh, you taught? Yeah, the, the email marketing component. So in that in that course or that module, we, we dove pretty heavily into email automation. So, you know, there's almost a dozen or if not more um, email flows that we walk through everything from pre-purchase. So, you know, the welcome series, the browse abandonment, the abandoned cart, the abandoned checkout. Um, and two of those flows are things that are kind of custom, the browse abandonment and the abandoned cart. So we're actually going to show you and walk you through how you can add those. Those are flows that almost every single client does not have because they don't know about them or they do not know how to set them up. So we're walking through that as well as, you know, a whole um, host of kind of post-purchase flows. So the customer thank you, the customer win back, the cross-sell, the upsell, the sunset unengaged, all those different types of things. So we went pretty heavy on the flows. And then there's a couple of growth hacks actually in there that I think people are really going to enjoy. Um, one of them, I don't want to give them all away, but one of them is basically um, you can create unique tracking links within Clavio that allow you to survey your customers without them actually even knowing. So for example, 
Um, we work with a, a company that sells supplements for, for pets. Um, so in emails, we're always asking people like, you know, how old is your dog? And we're kind of having them click a range. So zero to two, you know, kind of the puppy fades, uh, you know, three to eight, they're kind of in their midlife, you know, nine and older, they're kind of, you know, in the elder stage. And just by people clicking on these links, we're then able to drop them into specific flows, recommending products, depending upon the lifestyle and kind of the age of their pet. So an older dog, we're going to send them a flow that has things around like joint support and kind of like immune uh, boosters. So that's kind of a really cool thing I'm excited about that we've been doing with a lot of our clients and driving a lot of revenue because the emails are so timely and so relevant. Yeah, wow, that's next level. Man, like I said, I can't wait to get my partner to go through this, man. It sounds next level. It's going to add like, yeah, a lot of growth. So that's exciting. Thank you. I'm excited about it as well. Yeah, no, man, you really know your stuff. So, dude, um, where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and your work? So the two places would be my personal Instagram. So um, it's Chase Hunter Diamond. Uh, no A in diamond, so it's just D-I-M-O-N-D. And then my agency website is boundlesslabs.io. So boundlesslabs.io. Amazing. Well, look, dude, um, thank you so much for your time. Like I said, uh, we have to we have to wrap. Um, but, man, I could talk to you all day around this email stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, yeah, just, um, yeah, wanting to work with us on uh, this uh think yeah five module course uh on e-commerce and and taking e-commerce business to the next level uh, yeah i really appreciate it man you like the guys have found it like so pumped um on putting this together and yeah it's been an honor yeah and thank you guys as well nathan i told you this before the call but your team is world class so i really appreciate all their you know kindness and care and, and expertise so thank you you're welcome hey guys i hope you enjoyed this interview as you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.